What's up, everybody? Welcome to Blue Wide in the Middle. You're home for all things racing. Although uh, it's been a, been a while since since we've been here. Uh, we'll get into all of that and more. And now, uh, my man Keith is not. He's not with me uh, today. Um, that's been one of the biggest hiccups that we've had uh, over the last basically since the last pod uh, at the end of 2022 is both of us being able to get together to do the pod. So um, we'll cover that in, uh, in my, uh, you know, tales from the front line, which is what's going on in the, in the home life. But, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to cover. Racing season is back underway, at least on the dirt side. NASCAR did have their clash at the Coliseum and, uh, we've got, everything's on the horizon. Daytona F1 is going to be here in a couple weeks. So a bunch of stuff to get to, um, in the podcast, but before we do that, let me, let's fill you in on what's been going on. So, uh, if you guys remember, we talked, uh, into 2022, right before the holidays. And in the last show, we were going to be back. We were going to be doing our big chili bowl, uh, breakdown. The whole episode was going to be dedicated to the chili bowl. And, me and Keith both got COVID. We live a couple thousand miles apart from each other and we both got COVID. Now, um, his actually lingered quite a while. Um, mine, I, my, I got my butt kicked for like five days and I don't get sick like that. Um, you know, one of the things that I will deal with more than illness is, um, you know, I don't want to say injury because I, it's not like I'm getting injured, but it's just, it's kind of lingering stuff. So I've got, you know, a number of herniated discs in my neck and my low back, um, with, uh, nerve damage. I've had it for years. I mean, going on, you know, two decades now, like I've had it a very, very long time. It's one of those things that I've never been able to take care of, you know, they told me years ago, like, Hey, you know, you need surgery. And my response was, well, can you guarantee me that it's going to fix the problem? And their answer was, no, we can't guarantee that. It's like, well, then you're not going to do it. Um, you know, I've had six knee operations because the first knee surgery that the doctor did was the wrong surgery. He misdiagnosed it and did the wrong surgery. So I'm a little iffy about operations. And so the neck thing, the back thing, you know, that's one of those things that will bother me. And I'll have days where my neck will be killing me and it'll give me a horrible headache. You know, it feels like somebody stabbing knives into the base of my brain, you know, up my neck and into the base of my brain. Um, I'll have these horrible pains that will shoot from my neck down into my arms and my hands will go numb. But those things as bad as they can be are temporary, right? And usually I can push through it. Now I do have days where it's just like, I have to go lay down and put an ice pack on my neck, but I could count on one hand how many days I, I have of those a year, maybe two hands, right? It's not a lot. For me to be put down in five straight days in bed with COVID, uh, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't. I've the headache that I got with this was insane. I've had viral meningitis before. That's the worst headache I've ever had in my entire life. I thought my brain was going to explode. Um, it, 
part of it is because I think your brain actually does swell. Like it, it was, it was really bad. It hurt bad. Um, and that, you know, the headaches that I get from my neck can get really bad as well. But this was so bad. I couldn't move. When I woke up that first morning, you know, I had gone to bed and I wasn't feeling that well. I had actually done a live stream on my YouTube channel and I had mentioned that hey, I'm not feeling very good. It's, you know, that today I've just, I, and I thought I was coming down with like a cold or something. And I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and my head hurt so bad. It was pounding and I got up to go to the bathroom and I could not walk. Um, every step that I took, it felt like someone was hitting me in the head. It was, it was horrible. And so I actually had a doctor's appointment scheduled already that morning because I see a DO um, for my replacement therapy. You guys have heard me talk before about, you know, being a recovering drug addict, opiate addiction. And so I see a doctor every couple months um, for this. And I had that appointment that morning at, you know, it was first thing in the morning, like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. So I went back to bed, got up at seven something, went straight to the doctor, um, had on multiple masks. I thought I had the flu. I thought maybe this was the flu. My whole body ached. I knew I had a fever. I just didn't know how bad it was. Um, like I said, my head was killing me, absolutely killing me. Um, to the point to where I probably shouldn't have been driving. That's how bad my head hurt. I, I felt, you know, dizzy and it, it was bad. It was really bad. And we get, I, or I get there and I tell them, hey, I'm sick. Um, you know, the, just to let you know, uh, they test me for both the flu and COVID and um, they come back in, my doctor and another doctor, the specialist there who deals with COVID patients. And they were like, you've got a bad case of COVID. Uh, they put me on this medicine that they usually give like, you know, seniors. So like if you're like 60 years old and you get COVID, you know, because you, if you're older and if you're immunocompromised, it can actually be deadly in situations. They put me on this medicine. They were like, you've got a really bad case. You need to take this, go home now. And so I was in bed for like five days and it was horrible. Well, at the same exact time, Keith had COVID and I had messaged him saying, Hey man, no pod this week. I've got COVID. And I spent New Year's in bed with COVID. Um, my wife also was sick with COVID at the same time. So me and her were both homesick New Year's asleep by like nine o'clock on, on New Year's Eve while my, my kids, you know, our kids were out at their cousin celebrating. So that was New Year's. It was not, not the best, not the best way to kick off 2023. Well, also at that time, okay, we got a, we, I, 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 should, I, should, when I, I need to explain. We is me and my brother. So my brother and I got a incredible opportunity for a new business. Okay. Now, I, to tell you this, I got to give you some backstory. So years and years and years ago, probably 12, 13 years ago now, my family opened up a auto body shop. My brother had has done auto body work for, he started doing it when he was like 13 years old, right? So by the time he was out of high school, he was very, very good at it. Very good. He was one of the few guys out there who could do both the auto body side and the paint side. Usually you do one or the other. 
Um, and if you do both, you know, you're usually like in your 30s or 40s, right? Very rarely do you have a, like a 22 year old who's like, who does both and does both very, very well. Well, that was my brother. And so we had opened this auto body shop and, and he was going to be, you know, the one doing the work and it was going to obviously be a smaller shop and the family was going to run it and all this stuff like this. Well, when we did that, pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And I don't mean that from a business standpoint. I mean that from a, our personal life standpoint um, for reasons, you know, stuff that I don't really want to get into, but it involved my brother with his two little girls at the time. Both of them were, they were young. Um, you know, I think his oldest blaze was three and his youngest Bree was one. I mean, they were, they were basically babies and his ex who is now his ex. And so it, it just, it was the, the worst possible timing to have all this stuff happen. Uh, it all happened. We had the shop for a couple of years and we ended up selling it and, and, you know, being done with it. Well, during that time, we had this guy who started coming by to do the glass work for us at the shop. And guy by the name of Dave and his wife Kate. And they met my brother and stuff like that. And they knew him and everything. So when we closed down the body shop, my brother actually ended up going and learning glass, how to do glass, auto glass with them. Well, my brother did it for quite a while and got really good at it. And he started basically kind of running the business for them. You know, they they weren't out in the field working every day. My brother was and and, you know, he got really good at it. Well, when they came back to work and started doing it every day, um, they ended up, you know, not keeping my brother around. But they had told my brother, they, you know, my brother Mikey, they said, hey, look, when the day comes that we retire, we want to give you this glass business. And my brother was like, OK, sweet. And, you know, this was years ago. Uh, you know, oh, my God. Seven, eight years ago. So. We hadn't heard much about it. You know, they'd mention it every now and then when they'd see my brother or something like that. Well, this last year in September of 2022, uh, they call my brother and tell him, hey, they're like, hey, Mikey, we're going to be retiring, moving away in 2023. Do you want to take over the glass business? And my brother's got a really good job right now with the city, like a really good job. He runs their waste management, the, the waste management side, wastewater side for them. And he's got a really good job. And he was trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I do this? How can I do my job and do the glass business? Because the glass business, the customers are auto body shops. It's not like you're just going to people's houses and replacing windshields. We service the the auto body shops. And if you know anything about the auto body business, everything is now, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be done now. It's gotta be done now. You know, Hey, I need this car to get out. We got to get this glass in it today because we got to get the car out, you know, and then we'll replace the glass. And a week later, the car's still sitting there. It's like, what, I thought this thing had to go out. What, what happened? But that's how it is. It's hurry up, wait. So my brother tells me we go up to our cabin you know, a few weeks later. And when we're driving up there, he mentions it to me. He's like, Hey, Dave and Kate are going to be moving away. They want to give me this class business. Do you want to do it with me? And I've got my online business, which is very, very successful, right? I mean, it's what pays my bills. I do do, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not rich. I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking in, you know, six figures a year, but it's, it, we get by with, me having just my online business. Right. And so I'm like, well, yeah, 
I'll do that with you. I'm like, but you know, I don't really know glass, bro. I'm like, you know, we used to replace door glasses. I've never done windshields or back glasses or anything like that. So he, he's like, don't worry. While get with Dave, you can ride with Dave for, you know, a few months, learn the, you know, how to do this stuff. And then he's like, and what we'll do is, is you can go through the shops, go by the shops the first half of the day, figure out everything that needs to get done. If anything has to be done right now, you'll take care of it. And then just let him know, hey, my brother will be by the second half of the day. And, and he's like, and I'll do the harder stuff because I know how to do it. It's like, all right, sweet. No problem. So this was in like October. We get a call. And I don't know, November end of November. And it's like, Hey, um, we're going to be leaving, you know, in this is like May, right? May or April or something like that. And so we're like, all right, um, we'll get together here. You know, holidays are coming up. We'll get together after the holidays get this stuff going, you know, start getting all the tools that we need. Cause there's a lot to it, right? It's not like, it's just, you know, you don't just need a pair of pliers, right? <laughs> there's a lot to, to the glass business. And so, you know, we get past Thanksgiving, we get another call. Hey, uh, we put a bid in on a house. It was accepted. We're out of here January. And me and my brother are like, okay. And I'm telling my brother, I'm like, bro, I know nothing about this business. Nothing. I don't know how to, I don't know how to cut out quarter glasses. I don't know how to do winch. I don't know anything about it. Now, yes, I am very mechanically inclined. I've worked on cars literally from the time I was, I don't know, nine, 10 years old, right? I know I can figure it out, but I don't know anything. I don't know it. I got to learn it. And so I started riding with Dave in the middle of December. And of course, right, I've only got a couple of weeks to learn. And of course, while I'm riding with him, business is slow and I get COVID. Then when I come back, if you guys remember hearing about it out here in California, we had that bomb cyclone that blew through the state for like three straight weeks. Well, apparently when water hits people's windshields here in California, apparently they just start slamming into each other. I don't know what it is about the drivers in this state, whether they're in the North or the South, you know, Northern or Southern California, when water hits the windshields or when the wipers come on, all of a sudden their driving skills go completely out the window, no pun intended, and they just start slamming into each other. It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. It, it's absolutely bonkers. I've never seen anything like it before. It's just, it's like, are you trying to dodge the rain? What are you doing? Why are you swerving everywhere? Why are you just running into people? It's the most absurd thing you will ever see. And of course we service body shops. So what does this do? This blows business through the roof. We take this thing over, right? We officially start our business January 9th and our first week, we are so slammed. I'm doing 16, 18 hour days. Now that's the glass business with my online business. And I'm working six, seven days a week. And so when it comes to doing the podcast, we don't really have a time to do the podcast, right? I don't have a time to, I'm just like, I, man, Keith, uh, I don't know when I can do it because when I'm working, right? Or when Keith is off, I'm working. And when I'm off, I'm sleeping, right? Like that's basically the way that it is right now. And it's been like that since the start of the year. And we were supposed to get together uh, today for the podcast. Um, 
And, you know, uh, my, my man d- couldn't make it, you know what I mean? And it's just, uh, you know, he, he, I know that he's, he works late at night and he's Eastern time. I'm Western time. And so unfortunately he's not here right now. It's just me. And we'll hopefully get this thing figured out and dialed in, you know, um, going on through the rest of the season here because yeah it's just it's been it's been a real bummer um you know it, it's a good problem to have don't get me wrong the glass business has been phenomenal it, we've been doing great um in the first you know i i think in the first three weeks of the business we did i, I think more than 10 grand in in business right which is that's amazing right when you start fact you start looking at that over the course of a year doing some math and projecting and it's like man that this is going to be really really good and considering that it's just me and my brother doing it right like that that's really really good so it's a don't get me wrong it's a very good problem to have it just sucks that there are things like the podcast which is kind of taken a hit and it's unfortunate because I love doing this. Now I'm still going to be doing it. Um, Keith will we will get this figured out. I just don't know exactly when. Um, you know the the pod is going out right now. I'm recording this on the ninth, which is my wife's birthday today. Happy birthday, uh, babe! And um, you know we'll we'll uh, you know figure out the day and and when we can do it so we can get this out. So I don't know next week. I don't know if we'll be doing it on Thursday or for Friday, or I don't know what, I don't know when we'll be doing it, what, what will be the final day, but I will keep you guys posted. So I just wanted to fill you in on what's been going on the last, you know, few weeks, couple months, because like I said, it's been crazy. It's been insane. And, um, you know, I've had a bunch of you guys hit me up during my live streams asking, Hey man, what happened to the podcast? Did you quit doing it? Well, we haven't quit. We're still here. So so we'll be around. But anyways, you guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back from the break, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to cover the clash. We've got some dirt stuff to talk about as Brad Sweet picks up right where he left off, uh, along with Carson Macedo down in Volusia as they ran with the All-Stars the last two nights and getting ready to start the Dirt Car Nationals with the Outlaws. So got to talk about that, plus some F1 uh, stuff if we have time to get to it that can probably wait since they don't start for for a few more weeks so we'll see but we'll be right back after this quick break all right so we had the clash this past weekend and it was um it, it what can i say it, it, first of all there was a ton of cautions in you know in the race i think it was 15 cautions i it it seemed like there was 50 of them but i think there was 15 or 16 maybe 17 there was a lot of cautions and um when it was all said and done martin truex jr got the win which was actually pretty cool to see now if you remember last season uh truex did not have a win um he was one of the drivers you know, these guys who basically came up in the old Gen 5, Gen 6 era, these guys, they just, they they really did not like this car. I mean, even some of the guys who are younger, right, the Chase Elliott's, the Kyle Larson's, right, those guys, Ryan Blaney's, they were having problems with the car as well. 
But if you looked at, there was a handful of guys, Harvick, Trix Jr., right? Some of these older guys, Hamlin, um, that just, even if they had some some wins, some success, they just were not a big fan of this car. A lot of the drivers weren't, but, you know, Trex was one that just, he seemed to really hate it. So to see him get a win was good. I do think we're going to see these guys rise back to the top. I do think we're going to see that. These guys that we know are good, right? There's there's no doubting that Martin Trex Jr. is a good driver. Right? He might not have had a good year last year, but he's a good driver. Right, The guy's a, a champion. He has won the cup championship. He has won a bunch of races. He is an extremely good driver. For him to not have a win last year, it happens. But to think that he's going to just suck this year, is I, I don't see that happening. I think a lot of these teams, especially when you look at whether it's Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, 2311, even, you know, RCR, uh, Hendrick, you know, right? These teams, now that they've had a full year to get into these cars, they've had an off season now to really dive in, right? The engineers can really get into it, look at the data, look at all this stuff. I think we're going to see these guys kind of get back to the top. I think these, these teams are going to get these cars figured out what, what they like, what they want, um, you know, we saw it last year with Harvick where Rodney Childers finally said, look, man, I had to stop looking at this thing like it was the, the Gen 6 car. I had to stop trying to set it up like the Gen 6 car because it's not the Gen 6 car. It's completely different. We had to look at this from a completely different, you know, point of view. And when they did, Harvick came out and won two races in a row, right? And was very fast the rest of the year. So I think we're going to see that with a lot of these other drivers who might have stumbled last season. I think they're going to get turned around and Truex Jr. is one of them that I believe is going to have a really good year. Now, Keith and I, were going to be doing our, um, our, what, what we were going to be calling our ridiculously too early playoff predictions, but we'll be waiting till the next pod to do that because I, I want to do that with him. I don't want to do mine without him. So We'll be doing that in the next episode. But if you look at the top 10 from the clash and the clash tells us what, right? What does the clash tell us? Not much. Okay. Um, to call it, it, I wouldn't even classify it as a short track. Martinsville is a short track, right? Uh, Bristol is a short track. Um, the, the Coliseum is, it's Bowman gray. I mean, that's what it is. You know what I mean? It, it it's a it's a flat quarter mile track that can barely fit two cars side by side on it. I've always been of the opinion, and I know that I'll you know if I'm ever if I'm ever in the Bowman Gray area that I will be you know burned at the stake for saying this, but I've always thought that that track was extremely overrated. It's not good racing. It's a bunch of you know jackasses slamming into each other and fighting. Like that's all it is. I love short track racing. I like beating and banging, but I also like racing, right? I don't want to just see people. I don't want to see it to where you have to run into somebody to get around them. Now, the clash is is unique because NASCAR doesn't, that this is the only time they run at a track like this. So it makes it its own unique thing, which is cool. All right. It, it's cool. And they've got the heat races and all the constellations and stuff like that. So it makes it unique. But in terms of what it tells us or shows us, right, there's not much there. 
aerodynamics is not a factor, right? I mean, it can sh- it shows us, hey, your brakes work good, right? Second gear works good. Like these guys aren't even in high gear. So, you know, it it's good to see that, hey, Turex got a win. Austin Dillon finished second. Kurt Busch finished third. So the RCR teammates up there on the podium. Um, and then you had Alex Bowman in fourth, Larson fifth, Reddick, Priest, Chastain, Hamlin, and Byron. Kind of the usual suspects, with uh, the exception of Ryan Priest, who finished seventh, which was actually pretty cool to see, uh, being that you know he's he's new to the Stuart Haas team. Um, you know, in terms of everybody else, though, right? I mean, if I had told you, hey. Al Larson's going to finish in the top five. Is that a surprise? Most people would say, no, that's not. Now, Bubba Wallace had a really good run. Um, you know, unfortunately, Bubba Wallace and Austin Dillon, you know, Dillon got got together with them. Uh, you know, that caused uh, Bubba to, to drop back. I think he finished 22nd. So, you know, tough break for him. Um, but I... That is really what to expect here. I mean, I don't know what what else you would expect at this track. You're gonna expect you gotta expect beating and banging. You can't go into that thinking, man, no one better touch me or there's gonna be a problem. I mean, honestly, if you're not getting bumped, I then you're not you're not competing. I mean, that's just how this racing is. So overall, the Coliseum delivered what it was supposed to deliver, which is close quarters racing, you know, put on a spectacle, put on a show. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. And that's what it was. So, you know, congrats to to Truex Jr. um, And even Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch to be up there on the podium. Uh, You know, I, I do think the people who are saying that, Hey, this is this Austin Dillon finishing second, this, this is the the Kyle Bush investment already paying off. I think that's one of the dumbest, most premature things that you can say. Let's take a look at it after four or five races, shall we? Can we not just look at this? Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> that would be like me saying Martin Trucks Jr. won the class this year, so he'll win the championship because Joey Logano won it last year and won the championship, right? It's kind of a premature thing to predict so uh you know let's let's give it a few races before we start anointing rcr as the new powerhouse because of kyle bush and uh let's let's give it let's give it some time and see what happens before we before we you know do that all right before we uh bless them but anyways uh moving on we have had some uh dirt racing now the dirt car nationals actually kick off tonight they are down in Volusia. Um, you've got the, I believe both of the series are down there, if I'm remembering correctly. So uh, you should have, yes. Yeah, so you've got the the late models and the uh, sprint cars, World of Outlaws, uh, at Volusia tonight, Friday night, and Saturday night. Now the... Uh, late or the uh, my goodness, why am I so tongue tied here? Um, they will go to, or I'm, I'm not go to. They will stay at Volusia, um, through the 18th. So if you remember, there's it's basically you've got um two weekends 
of of race in here. So you've got the sprint cars on the 9th, 10th, and 11th, and then you've got the late models on the 16th, 17th, and 18th. They break it into two weekends is what they do. So uh, this weekend, we've got the sprint cars. Now we had the all-stars the last two nights, and you know it was the usual suspects up front. I mean, we basically picked up where we left off last year. Uh, night number one, at Volusia, it was Brad Sweet with the win, followed by Logan Schuhart and David Gravel rounding out the podium. Last night, it was Carson Macedo getting the win over Donnie Schatz and James McFadden. So, you know, the Outlaws picking up where they left off. Obviously, we still have a lot of stuff to look at in terms of the, the agreement with the Outlaws, you know, the, the points fund, what races they can run, what can't they run. You know, everyone's still talking about the Eldora Million and what's going to happen with that. I mean, it's just, you know, let's wait and see, right? I think there's teams that might go in and look, we're going to try to run with the Outlaws, but if something happens and we can start doing, you know, we can run these races over here and and make more money, I think that's going to be there, right? I really do. Um, You know, the high limit stuff doesn't get kicked off here for a few more weeks. Obviously, you know, it's the dirt racing, even though it's starting now, it's very limited because it's down in Florida, right? Dirt car nationals are down in Florida. Every year this happens where, you know, we get going and then we've got essentially a month break, right? Dirt car nationals, Florida, and then, you know, the sprint cars go back down there the first week of March. So it's not a, you know, it's not like it's starting now and we're going to be, we're, we're off to the races. Like we've got this first event and then we got, you know, a few weeks off and then we get back to racing. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, I do believe, you know, the top guys are going to be running the whole season. You know, Brad sweet is going to be looking for his fifth championship. I mean, that's, I don't see him just being like, yeah, screw it. Um, you know, I do think he's going to be looking for a fifth championship. I do think you'll see David Gravel looking to get his first outlaw championship. You know, it's going to be an interesting year, but in terms of who's going to be running what and, and where and and the actual commitments to it, I, I don't think we're going to be knowing all of that, um, you know, until the racing gets more underway. Just because, like I said, I do think you might have drivers who are starting off the year committed to running the outlaws and if things don't go well they might say hey look you know we can go run this over here and potentially make more money and you know we've had parts failures or bad luck and we're seventh in the points and yeah let's you know screw it let's go run something else i do think that is a possibility so it's going to be an interesting year with all of this stuff and everything that's been happening with the you know payouts and purses and stuff like that um you know, Jack Hewitt at the Chili Bowl talking about, you know, those guys not being there and the Chili Bowl still going. I was, uh, <laughs> I love, oh God, I love Jack. So, uh, you know, he does have a point there. I, I am one of the types of people who does believe that the Chili Bowl should be paying out more than $10,000. Uh, but I also agree with Jack Hewitt in the sense that, hey, look, man, this is a big event and it's going to happen with or without those guys and it's still going to be packed and it's still going to be, you know, the biggest midget race of the year. So, so a lot of good 
good points and uh you know comments on both sides of the spectrum so we'll uh we'll we'll wait to see how it plays out but yeah We've got Volusia kicking off tonight for the sprint cars. Um, once again, Keith and I were going to be making our predictions on the season, but you know, without him here, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I would like to actually do it just because sprint cars are getting started tonight. But you know, um, personally, I think Brad Sweet's going to win the championship again this year. Um, I thought last year he was finally going to get pressured. You know, I we talked about how Sheldon Hoddenshield, he had gone on this run. If he could put it together, he had a chance at challenging Sweet, and he fell off. He dropped, you know, he finished fifth last season. Uh, he ended up dropping behind, you know, shots. Uh, Carson Macedo had 11 wins last season and finished third in the points, you know. It, it's all about consistency with the outlaws. It really is. You know, the wins are great and it, they look awesome, but you've got to be there week in and week out. And right now there's nobody better at that than Brad Sweet. There's just not the, the Brad Sweet and that team are just dialed. They're just dialed in. There's nothing, there's no other way to put it. And so to me, you know, it's like it was like picking against, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots for two decades. Right. You just didn't do it. It was like until they get beat by somebody, I'm not picking against them. It's the same thing with this until sweeten the Napa 49 team get beat in the championship. I ain't picking against them. That's my pick. He's going to win it again. And, you know, if he doesn't, then we'll see what happens. But to me, it's going to be him. I think we're looking at uh, another Donnie Schatz, Steve Kinzer type run. I really do. That's how special I think that team is and how special Brad Sweet is, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, he's he's already had a, a historic career and he's still got a long, long ways to go. So we'll see if he can get his fifth championship this season. All right. So to close out today's show, um, I wanted to, we got to talk about Kevin Harvick, who announced that this is his last year. Um, once again, I don't want to get into that without Keith, just because that's that, that's his man. Harvick is his man. So um, we'll wait till the next episode to do that with Keith. But there was some other stuff that did come down. NASCAR uh, had some, some rule changes, if you remember. Um, they also had... Uh, a test that they did at Phoenix. Um, obviously one of the things that we were going into the off season was the, uh, short track package and what, you know, what it is that we were hoping to see in terms of improvements or fixes, right? You know, we talked about the shifting and we talked about, you know, all these different aspects. Um, they were testing a, a two and a half inch spoiler, um, which is something that I would personally love to see. To me, if you're going to, if you can't increase the horsepower, get rid of the arrow, right, on the short tracks. Uh, because even on a track like Martinsville, for example, that spoiler does play a role. It does have an effect. Those guys are going fast enough where that does add some downforce. Get rid of it, right? You want to keep it at the mile, the mile and a half, that type of stuff? Fine. Anything less than that, get rid of it. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. I think that would be great. So 
you know, will we see that? I don't know. Nothing official has really been announced yet in terms of those types of changes. But there was a new rule that has come out. Uh, many of you have probably already seen this, and that is the penalty for the hail, what's being called the hail melon. Um, Ross Chastain's what I consider to be the greatest pass in NASCAR history. And that's coming from somebody who is, you know, grew up rooting for Dale Earnhardt. And, you know, you talk about the pass in the grass, right? And all these great, incredible moves. Um, I, to me, what Chastain did at Martinsville last year was unprecedented. And it was the, the, the greatest, the greatest pass to me that I've ever seen in any race. It, it was that good. And it will be the only time we ever see it now because NASCAR has basically said it's, it, you can no longer do this. It is a penalty now. I will give NASCAR credit when it happened. That was something me and Keith talked about after that race where we talked about, you know, whether or not NASCAR was going to come out with the penalty for that. They decided to officiate the remainder of the season the way they had the previous, you know, 20 some odd races, which I give them a lot of credit for. I do understand where NASCAR is coming from. Okay, I do. I get it. You know, when we talk about safety and we talk about the potential for what could have happened, you look at that move that Chastain did and it was incredible and it worked out. But all you have to have is a slight gap or, you know, a a weak point in the safer barrier. Okay. And now all of a sudden, instead of him bouncing off that wall and going all the way around it, now that car digs in slightly and hooks. And now you've got this massive wreck or potential debris flying off. Or there's all these different potential what ifs. Are the chances of it slim? Yes. Right. Do I like the fact that NASCAR has, has done this? Not really. Right. It feels like, you know, we look at the NFL, everyone, you know, we call it the no fun league. It looks like it's like, all right, they're just killing the fun. But I also understand it from a safety point of view. And if somebody were to do that again, attempt it again, and it did end badly, now you've got potential for liability. You've got the potential, the, the possibility of NASCAR now being responsible for an injury or, you know, God forbid, you know, a death, right? Or, you know, critical injury uh, to a fan or another driver, right? Where somebody could come out and say, hey, look, man, you saw somebody do this last year. You knew the potential possibilities of what could go wrong and you still did nothing. And now you've got somebody in a hospital bed, right? Or you've got somebody who's hurt or you've got all this damage that's been done to these cars because someone else tried to pull a Chastain. So I understand NASCAR doing it. I I do doesn't mean I like it. You know, I definitely don't love it, but it's one of those things where Ross Chastain in one season did more to alter a sport, right? If you think about drivers that have come in and, and made a splash where we look back on their year or their start, right? We will remember 2022 as the year of Ross Chastain. He did not win the championship. He was in the final four, but he did not win the championship. But we will look back on 2022 
as the year of Ross Chastain, meaning that there was no driver that we talked about more. There was no driver who had a bigger impact on whether it be the rules or the storylines or whatever, right? I mean, we had the Ross Chastain don't give a right? Like, I mean, that's what we called it because the man literally just did not care. And he, he wasn't devious. He wasn't like, you know, uh, vicious about it. He's the type of person who, and you've heard this from people who worked with him or who spotted for him, who would literally tell stories about, you know, Hey man, you, why did you run into that guy on lap 15? And he will literally be like, what are you talking about? Like, he's so focused in what he's doing in the car. Like he legitimately doesn't know. He just does not remember. He's got one purpose and one purpose only is to go out there and win races. And he is just an incredible person for the sport. He is somebody that I think the sport really has needed and it's good to see. And I hope he can follow up 2023 with the year like he had in 2022. Obviously, we're not going to see the hail mailing anymore, but hopefully we can see Ross Chastain up front again because it was incredible to have him last year um, be one of the storylines, be something to talk about each and every week and to see somebody who is literally, you know, a freaking watermelon farmer and he goes out there and races and it's just, it's, you know, overall it was incredible, you know, it, to have this rule come out, it was almost like the perfect exclamation point to his 2022 season. Like it almost had to be a rule. There almost ha- it almost had to end that way, right? Like the season wasn't officially over until we had a ruling on on the hail melon because now they've come out. It's it's there's a rule against it. You can no longer do it, and it's like he will forever be immortalized as the man who got this outlawed because that's what he did. And like I said, we will look back on 2022 as the with you know the 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 Chastain year, just like you know drivers or people fans look back on you know 79 and 80 right as you know the breakthrough of Dale Earnhardt right or the you know the the Daytona 500 where you've got Allison Yarbrough, right? It's all of this stuff. Like it just goes down in history. And last season is going to be the year of Chastain. And hopefully I'm hoping so much to see him running up front each and every week. Once again, because it was a lot of fun. And I, I personally love the guy, man. I think it's, I think he's great for the sport and I cannot wait to see what he does in 2023. All right, everybody. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of three wide in the middle. Um, like I said, I just wanted to hop on, even though I, me and Keith could not get together. I wanted to hop on and kind of let you know everything that's been going on. Um, what, what's been, what, what, what'll be happening here in the future. Um, we, like I said, the show is going to continue. Um, just, you know, not quite a hundred percent sure on the day it will be coming out or anything like that. So, so make sure you are, you know, make sure you're following the show, make sure that you're subscribed on, you know, whether it's Spotify, um, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, just make sure you've got, you know, got us followed and, and that way you get notified when the new show comes out, because, uh, we will be having one here, um, 
in the next week, all right, we got Daytona coming up and we got a big Daytona show and NASCAR season preview that we want to do. And uh, we'll be doing it here soon. So stick around for that, but that'll do it. Thank you very much as always for joining me. I hope all of you have a great weekend and until next time, take care. Take care.